Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. God, thank you. I just say, in the name of Jesus, this closet is has your spirit. I take authority in Jesus' name. I praise you for this day. I praise you for this sweet one. I thank you for Laura's life. I thank you for what you're doing in her life. I thank you for what you have and will continue to do in and through her. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to be our source. Use our mouth, Lord, but let it be your mouthpiece. I pray for encouragement. I pray for relatability. I pray for rawness if it need. God, I don't even know, but I know that on the other side of This is a listener in the next few weeks, in the next few months, or maybe in a year or so, because your timing is perfect. Mm -hmm. So I just pray that you would use it for your glory. And in the time where people are so isolated, and some people just need to sit down with a friend, unafraid, and I pray that this would be a conversation that they feel that they're a part of. They're not excluded from this room. They actually sense that we're here. So teleport some people here, Lord. And I pray that uh, you would bless Laura and Dave, and just take this where you want, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I have Laura Powell with me, and I'm so excited because I've thought of interviewing you before, but there was a time where, because of what we were going through, I never even saw you because we're not, like, around each other right Not now. lately. Not lately. No. So I would say some things about you. You can describe yourself in a minute, but I would say she is a champion for other people. She's a supporter for anything, anything that advances the gospel or brings truth. She is a worshiper. She's a mama, a wife. Are you a grandma yet? Not yet. Okay, okay, okay. She is um, a prayer warrior, and we met because you have prayed when we were doing a conference together, and you were the big planner and orchestrator and bullhorn carrier, and I was just going to speak, but I'll tell you what. There was something you said, and we'll get into it later. There was something you said when I knew you would pray for me, and we will get there. And I'm like, okay, these are the people I collect. Yeah, anyway, so she is a prayer warrior. She is tender, and she calls herself a Goliath because she's tall of stature, but I think it is because you are, in a good way, intimidating to the forces of darkness. You're tall. So, in Jesus' name, I just bless you. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah, seriously. Those are the things that just literally came out of my spirit, and they are truth. Here's what I want you to do. I usually go through this list. There's no right or wrong. Um, It's an either either neither thing and you answer them as fast as you can it just gets people used to your voice and mine and then i'm going to ask you the deep question of if there's somebody that's the real deal in your life but okay would you say you're an introvert extrovert total extrovert amen are you coffee tea coffee dog cat either neither mostly dog morning bird night owl total morning bird books movies articles podcasts yeah oh that's a good one that's okay silence music more silence. Would you consider yourself leaned in, laid back? Oh, leaned in. Okay. Shower or bath? Shower. Driver, passenger? Driver. Okay. And I added this one in season four because of all that we've gone through. Do you like to eat at home or dine out? Both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love to cook, but I really do like to be treated too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's so good. No, I really am honored to have you here. And I know you know this is called The Real Deal, but the podcast The Real Deal was because my dad was Richard Dean, R.D., and he would always tell us just to be the R.D., be the real deal. And he would bless us with that. And he'd say, nobody's like you, just be you. And I would say that really affected me, even as a young kid, 
that I didn't, I'm not saying I've never appreciated or thought, oh, I love this about her. I like that about this person, but I just wanted to be me. And he would always say, be the real deal. And in the art world, he'd say, leather should look like leather. Wood should be wooden. It shouldn't be plastic. And, you know, like, be real. Be authentic. And it really affected me. Wow. And so I just gravitate to when I think somebody's being real and they don't wear a mask. You know, and he mm-hmm. would say, the real McCoy. You know, yeah. like, uh-huh. the genuine article. And he would say things with a certain emphasis. But is there a person that pops into your mind, maybe somebody that stands out, that is the real deal, has been the real deal to you, and how did it affect you? And you may have more than one, so don't think about like, oh, I have all these people, but think of somebody and how did it affect you? There was a lady, and she went to be with Jesus a few years ago at 94, but her mm. name was Betty King, and mm. I love that her last name was King because she was a spiritual giant to me. And she really was probably the biggest spiritual mentor in my mm. life. Knew her since I was little, had her as a Sunday school teacher a couple times in high school, and then got to join her Bible study as a young married woman. And she just always, she was humorous. Mm. She knew scripture. Yeah. And you knew everywhere you went with her, she was just going to lay it out there. She was just yep, completely relentless about her faith and her love for nice. Jesus. And I remember one time saying, I don't think I can come to Bible study. I had two babies and I was like, I haven't slept and I haven't done my homework. And she said, we come. I don't care if you haven't done your homework. I don't care if you're tired and have bags under your eyes. Anytime you sit under the hearing of the word of God, there's a blessing. Amen. I was like, you're right. She taught you to not she be taught young, me to... striving and performance oriented yes. early. And to say that no matter what your circumstances, yeah. listen, let someone preach the word over you. Mm. Even if you can't take it in, like you can't preach it, but they can, there's a blessing in hearing it. Amen. That's so good. Betty. Betty, Betty King. Love Betty. So now where can't were wait to you? See her again. Oh, <laughs> where were you at the time when you had these young kids? Because Michigan. Okay. So is that where you're from? Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about your beginning or your wanderings or anything you really want to share. Oh, I grew up um, in a believing home. Okay. And we were, I was born in Michigan, but very young, moved to Connecticut. My dad worked in advertising back okay. in the 70s when it was yep. like, kind of cool to be in television and yep. magazine advertising. And then he ended up moving us back to Detroit. I lived there most of my life. Out of college, I went to D.C. for a little bit mm. and then back to Detroit. Yep. So I guess that's where I was mostly supposed to be. My husband and I moved to Wisconsin in 2008 just Detroit was falling apart, mm-hmm. got a job offer, we came here. So most of my life, Betty was... Yeah. And even after I moved here, she kept up with me. She'd oh. call me. Oh. So I love... Yeah. That's so giant. good. That's so good. Yeah, she's a giant. And you are a giant. You call yourself Goliath, but you're a giant in the just kingdom. I'm tall. No, no, no. <laughs> but not the bad way. Not like the taunting Goliath. Not that David needs to take you down. I don't mean it like that. <laughs> I feel more like David. All I got is this little stone. That's, That's exactly, all I got. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your family growing up. Do you have siblings? Yes. Um, I have an older sister and an older brother, then me, then a baby brother. My father passed away when I was 11. Mm. My mom remarried, and we got a baby sister. She was... She's two years younger than my younger brother, but I spent many growing up years with her. I consider my sister. Yeah. So middle nice. of five. Middle of five. Middles are the ones that are creative and can take, can do things on their own because they were left alone. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I say. I Nobody say, cares. Andrew, the reason you're so creative is I was doing something with the older or the younger and you just yeah. like, moved your Cheerios around in your... No one cares when I the cheer. middle one did something like, eh. It's true. My book. middle daughter is the creative one too. It's, it's, yeah, it's really kind of true. And I think they're well-adjusted people. Not everything's about the middle child because they're just, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I honor that in you. 
Well, thank you. I didn't have any, I had nothing to do with it. But. <laughs> exactly. That's just the way it comes out. Yeah. yeah. So did you do well with the blended family thing? Or was uh, there ever a hard time? Yeah, it was hard. Yeah. It's hard to have a new two new people living in your house. It's, mm-hmm. um, I was 14, almost 15 when my mom remarried, so I was still in that I need a parent, but yep. I don't want another parent. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was weird. You had your foot in two camps, actually. Yeah. It's very independent, but you needed a dad. Yeah. So is he more like your mom's husband to you and you love him? I love him. Yeah. He's probably more like my mom's yeah. partly because being a few years without a dad, you yep. do become really independent yep. and yep. you just learn to do for yourself. So I think you are resilient. Does that come from that part of the Probably. Yeah. Change a lot of changes throughout yeah. my life. So you just learn to go, okay, we're changing again. Yeah. Let's Can roll. you give me some of the changes that stand out in your mind? Or any that make you feel like, wow, that was better than I thought, or wow, that one really hit me. Oh, I'd have to think about that. But I think I don't freak out with change. Okay. That's what I'd say I take away from it. And whether it's a change in your church, a change in your job, moving, some, you know, sending the kids off. This one's moving. This one's getting married. This one's going off to school. I roll with it Mm -hmm. probably better than a lot of people Mm -hmm. because I've just really had to roll through changes from the time I was very little. Right, right. Right, so I try to right. embrace change and not, you know, come unglued. Right, right. Okay, so we talked just a little bit before we started recording, but we talked a little bit about changes that are going on as we get to be older women. Yes, <laughs> yes. Some are welcomed. Some we just have to say, If it, let's say, how do you feel about it? Then I'll, I'll see if I want to interject. Or... <laughs> well, some days I go, when did that get there? <laughs> what? Where did that used to go? <laughs> Where Why does it, does it belong somewhere does else? It, this goes on somebody else's body. This certainly does not belong on mine. Where did my eyebrows go? You know, it's just every day. It's like a little shocking. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little I, shocking. I have this thing that I tell people sometimes in audiences about false eyelashes. And my sister, Barb, long ago said it's the end ones that fall off sooner. She's 10 years older. So oh, she yeah. always felt like she should tell me. It's really true. It's the very end ones that all of a sudden fall off sooner. And you're like, they used to kind of frame that. They had a little thing going on there. The little flange. Yeah, yeah the flange is gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you also welcome it because you know. Yeah. As much as I look at it and I go, doggone it. <laughs> I really have to come and contend with my age because yeah. you don't feel it till you yeah. look in the mirror. You right. literally do not feel your age. No. And I still think, oh, the 20 something girls think I'm cool and yeah. they want to hang out with me. And then I look in the mirror, I'm like, they do not. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Yep. But it's not true. But I also know that the 20 something girls will call me for wisdom. Yep. They'll go, I have a big decision to make. Can you talk me through this or can you pray this through mm-hmm. with me? Mm-hmm. So that's an honor. I'll, I'll take the missing eyebrows and I'll take all Amen. the other stuff if someone's saying, I need what you have. I need that wisdom because that's what Betty was to me. So that's what I want to be to somebody else. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's really earned. Uh, I used to tell my kids just because somebody's older doesn't mean that they're wiser, but they probably are. So learn something. You know what I mean? Because it's a teacher. Time can be a real teacher for Mm -hmm. sure. And I think that when you think about Betty and you think about these young girls that you're investing in, it's truly scriptural. The older ones are to feed into the younger Absolutely. ones, you know, and the younger ones need to know, oh, I probably could gather some help around here. And it's kind of missing. It's totally missing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our young generation thinks that social media is going to solve their problems or there's, you know, getting attention is the answer. And yeah. 
we're not teaching people to just sit and be multi-generational yeah. and what can you value learn? that. And yeah. I love learning from young people too. Yeah, me too. Love me it. Too. They have a whole different, uh, outlook and I love it and it's fresh, but yes. it's also contending with a lot that I never grew up with because exactly. I didn't grow up in this particular age that we're living in with all the media and whatnot. But okay, I want to go to your jobs because I'm a little interested. So your dad did this advertising thing, even television, mm-hmm. and then you have some of that in your background yeah, as well. I studied telecommunications at college and okay. went and worked in a for CBS and for Fox, I did. Okay. I started off in programming, doing shows. Okay. And then switched to promotion, which was like advertising, and really realized that was more my jam. Yeah. I was really better at short form writing and okay. more creative. So yeah. does that feel like a sweet spot to you? Like, yeah, I, I loved. I theme everything in my world. Okay, tell me. For example, oh, if I'm having a party, it's yeah. going to have a, a name. It's I'm going to name the food. You know, I'm going to yeah. yeah colors the whole bit. Every, my daughter called me the other night because she's throwing a party for yeah. her girlfriend. And she's like, help me. And we just like named it all out and awesome. figured it all out. I just kind of live my life in themes. Yeah. And that gives you energy because yeah, you know you're made for me. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to use you, but I might have to leverage you in the future. Bring it. Happy to do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because I am global in certain ways. I have great ideas in certain ways. But I don't always want to put it to wheels with the theme and with the color. I mean, I like some of that. But sometimes it's nice to just know somebody that yeah. loves it is doing it. It's just natural to me. I yeah. name everything I do. Yeah. It's everything's got a name. I don't know why. So, <laughs> what season would you be in right now? Oh, if you were to name it, if I named my season. Oh, that's oh that that's interesting. Um, I think it's listening and learning. Mm. I think I'm in, actually in a quiet season right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is okay. Which is different also for an extrovert, though sometimes. Very. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole last year killed me because I like to extrovert all over the place. And here I found myself at home with a husband working from home and a son working from home. And I'm like, somebody let me out. I need to go be around lots of people who make noise and fill my soul. Yeah. But I learned instead, I'm, this is where I am. So better embrace it. What's God going to teach me in this season of being homebound and quiet? Yeah. I love this man named Graham Cook. And he often says, who can God be for me now? that he can't any other time or any other way. Like, like literally learn from that time. Yes. Who are you wanting to be for me? You know, my dad passed away in December, that sort of thing. Who do you want to be for me? Hmm. Who do you want to be for me when we can't go places? Who do you want to be for me now that you can't be in another Love time? that. Yeah. So you're learning to be more of a listener. And yes. Quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I am. How's it manifesting with your husband or your son? <laughs> Well, my husband is a total introvert, so this is delicious yeah. for him. He yeah. loves staying home and working from yeah. home and keeping, you know, the party on the top, pajamas on the bottom. Yeah. He loves it. <laughs> I have to put my makeup on regardless. Yeah. I just have to feel like I'm having a real day. Yeah. And um, it's been good. I mean, we have these, like, fun little exchanges now. He'll run out of his little office yep. and we'll make lunch together. Or yep. it's just kind of different. We, fi- we finally figured it out. I still would rather be in an office somewhere. I'd rather yeah. be around the energy of people, but yeah, that's not what it is. So where are some of the offices you've officed out of and what are some of the things that stick out to you that you feel like I'm because the reason I'm getting at this is number one, real deal, mm-hmm. but also I believe people are wired. They're masterpieces of God. And so we can do some things that we aren't wired for, but it kind of helps us figure out we aren't too. Do you know what I mean? So they're not bummers, right? But where are the ones where you felt fully alive or you really enjoyed it? Well, I worked at, you know, Elmbrook Church for a while yep. as event director for eight years. 
and that was really alive. I mean, you and I yeah, met, met really through that, through that whole experience. Exactly and how. You, you referenced the prayer thing. That was a conference we were doing together, yep. and you taught me some stuff about prayer. Mm. And that is what energizes me. Yep. Teams, yep. collaboration, feeding off people's mm-hmm. creative brains mm-hmm. or their administrative brains or whatever, mm-hmm. however they're wired. I just love working with teams yep. and in collaboration. I feel like that is my sweet spot. You know, I can tell that about you. Not just because we worked on that together, but if I've seen you in groups where you were um, integral to the whole team and important to the whole team, but not like I I could just do this on my own. More like I'm alive because we're doing this together, whether it's putting on a women's conference or, you know, like all oh, those big events that happen. You don't you don't seem to let it overtake you. It's actually very, very wonderful for you. Like I'm alive. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. That's really where I think I do my best. Yeah. And now I'm working for No Regrets Men's Conference. I'm doing more of their communication stuff, yep. but I still love when we have to do the conference because yep. that feeds that part of my soul. Yep. So I get that little side hustle with yep. the men's conference, but the rest of it is the, is writing and mm-hmm. editing and helping with those kind of things. Nice. You know, I picture you kind of like with one of those little headsets on and some sort of little way to like walkie-talkie people, what else needs to be going on. What goes through your head when there's, I guess I'm going to say, cues that have to happen, things that need to go on? Is it kind of like, ooh, this is going to fit together, almost like when you find the right puzzle piece and you go, ooh, it goes right here? Or does it bring a little... Oh, it brings anxiety, but it's fun anxiety. Yeah. Um, That's what I did as a... I I produced live television. Okay. So you got to have your A plan and your B plan. Right. And even a C. Yeah. Because you could lose a satellite. You could go, you know... Right, right. You have all these things that could go wrong. It's also why, and this is for my husband, I'm always early and not late. Because he's always like, do we have to leave so early to things? I'm like, yes, because on time is late. You can't be late on live television. You can't go, I'm sorry for that five-minute pause. (laughs) You can't do it. Exactly. I'm always early to things, never late. But what I'm always good at is saying, don't react, just respond. Yep. And so you have to keep your head no matter what's happening. Right. And just keep thinking, well, what do I need to do? Well, who do I need to touch? Who yep. do I need to call? How exactly. do I? Don't react, just respond. Yeah. And so I th- good. I think that's how, it's a picture of leadership too. I think you just have to lead that way and not go whack-a-doodle yep. all the time. Yep. <laughs> whack-a-doodle. You know? yep. Or make somebody feel like something's their fault because it, it could be that it falls under their responsibilities, but it could also have been not in their control. You know what I mean? And so instead of like, you know, giving them the wicked evil eye or something, it's kind of like, we're going to respond now. We're going to figure that out later if there was something we need to teach or learn or coach to get you to... But seriously, it doesn't help anybody in the moment Uh to be against them rather than let's respond and keep going forward. You know, I have had more times where I'm going to speak somewhere and we get the sound check done and, you know, figure it out in my ear. My earring's not making the microphone do weird or whatever. And then no matter what, sometimes, and it can be in these big events, sometimes something will go wrong. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, well, what are you going to do? So I've had times where I say, talk amongst yourselves, you know, and, and then somebody has to come and put their hand up my shirt and all this stuff. And I'm just like, this is what you do. It's real deal. (laughs) It's so the real deal. Yeah. Sometimes it can bring... I'm not voting for mediocrity. That's not what I'm saying. But when it's real and stuff like that happens, people sort of are tender to to you. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay. All right, now. Okay, now we'll listen to her. They are. They are. And I remember we did a a tree lighting once, and it was the big countdown, the first one ever. And three, two, one, no lights. (laughs) Okay. 
let's try that again. Can we all Three, say two, one? And there's still no lights. <laughs> and it happened on the third try. It, happened, it worked. But then I was like exhaling and I got a little text from a friend who said, did you just pee a little? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And I was like, yes, yes. I did. Thank you for knowing yes. me that well. It was just that, that levity that I needed yeah. at that moment. Did you even um, organize your wedding? Like we're not that you were bridezilla. That's not what I mean. But did you like have? Oh yeah, yeah. I did it, and I lived in a. No, I lived with my mom at the time. We did it together. What was hard was my daughter's wedding. She lived in a different state, mm. and in the process, I had surgery and I was sidelined for about six or seven weeks. So she had to do a lot of it on her own. But I learned something. She's learned from me. Yeah. She did a phenomenal job. Yeah. She's actually more organized than her dad and I put together, which is remarkable. She lives her life on a spreadsheet. So good. So it was actually God's gift to me mm -hmm. was like, you're down. Let her do it. Yeah. And she did a beautiful job. Yeah. Sometimes I, I say, I, I really pray that my ceiling would be my kid's floor in whatever way, you know what I mean? That they're mm -hmm. starting way above me. They, whatever it is that I have, God give it to them in abundance. Oh. Elijah, Elisha kind of anointings and double portions. And literally, hopefully I've passed something on, but then let them go. I know? think all my three kids have exceeded my <laughs> ceiling for sure. They started Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's good. And okay. it has nothing to do with me. Well, no, but you're such, we're, we're an example, whether we know it or not. Right. So you are a good example. I want to go back to the surgery. Tell me about the surgery and have you had two? No, I've had one. Okay. So when was that? 2017. Okay. It was... Um, Is it okay to talk about? Yeah, whatever. I had a radical hysterectomy because I had a form of ovarian cancer, which I didn't... It was a form that only needed surgery. They just okay. did surgery. There was no follow-up treatment. But it was a little unexpected and a little right. um, little crazy. So That was 17? Because mm -hmm. were you up in those offices? Because I remember coming up and praying for you, but mm -hmm. I didn't even know. I felt I didn't like my know head was the, spinning because yeah, it was like when something's you, really fast is happening. Yeah, when you and I prayed, I didn't even know what that what, what it, was. it was, and I actually didn't know until a few days before surgery because it it just was when some blood work came back. They went, "Oh, this mm. is different than we thought." Mm. Yeah, that was a little shocker, but yeah, I have another friend that's had that same sort of thing. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, is there any? thing that in, did you say six weeks down? I mean, you can't lift things that are heavy. You really are out for quite a while, right? Yeah. I probably went back to work too soon, but that's me. What did you learn or what did God teach you about yourself during that time or him? Anything? Uh, yeah, a lot. Well, for one thing, you do get a little bit of brain fog. That was weird for me. Mm. I think I'm always like firing at all yeah, cylinders. Yeah, yeah. I was not firing at all cylinders. I just, I could hardly read cards people gave me. I was like, why can't I just couldn't process very much for a during long recovery time. during recoveries? Yeah, hormone changes, yep. anesthesia, just trauma, shock. Yep, it was weird. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, roll with it. Hopefully, it'll all come back. It did. <laughs> it's a little bit like a menopause, where you're like, pretty soon yeah. it'll yeah. hopefully come back, where I have a little bit more focus, a little yeah. more laser focus instead of like foggy. Yeah, this know? was like overnight fog, which wow. was weird. Wow. Which did was, you have any have any help? My sister came and stayed with me. This was a weird year. So first my stepdad had, no, first my baby brother was diagnosed with colon cancer. And it was like stage three. Mm -hmm. And he was under 40. So we were like, oh my goodness. And we were all consumed with that. And then my stepdad had a hip replacement. And then six weeks later, I had my surgery. Wow. So we were like, as a family, all over the place. Like, who do you take care of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really my, my brother had quite a journey. I mean, it was a year of really horrible treatments and surgeries and 
praise God he's doing well, but that was pretty that was hard. Yeah. So you did, then you didn't want to, is he in Michigan? Mm-hmm. So different States. Yeah. And so I went to see him before his surgery and it was good to be together, but it was just kind of like, I'm not going to complain. This is worse. You know, that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. It was just like, what are the odds mm. in one year? We have these three major yeah. things in our family. Wow. Yeah. So I, my, yeah, my sister came for a couple days and helped me. My, one of my daughters had a little break between like two weeks between graduating college and starting a job. So she came and stayed with mm. me. Yeah. And nice. then the church body comes around, you know, yeah. they bring you meals and they, yeah, I was good. You were taken care of. It was just that we were in this really close, really close to the wedding time. And so I was like, I got to get it back together. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel in a way, subscribe, rate and review it. I appreciate your support. All right. Back to The Real Deal. So do are both of your girls married? No, just one. Just one's married. Mm-hmm. And so you have two daughters and a son. Yeah. Anything else you want to share about them? Because um, Mama is a hat you wear well. Oh, thank you. Every day on your knees. Every day. Like, Every Lord, day. help me. What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing any more than anyone knows what they're doing. Right. You're just rolling with it. There is no uh, manual. No. And if there were, it wouldn't fit every child. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> is that the truth? <laughs> Talk to me. Well, my girls are 15 months apart. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, this is easy. We did this one. We can do this again. Yeah. Well, and I'm not saying anything she hasn't heard a thousand times. My second one is our strong-willed ambassador. Okay. And I love it because now that she's older, she's just the greatest leader yeah. and she's just got, it's, it's come together, but whoa, <laughs> you talk about time in your prayer closet yeah. on your knees. Yeah. Yeah. I think mama's praying is a huge thing and that's part of the re- reason she is able to be this leader. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. because of some prayer and knowing who who she was and what God put in her, but also asking him to fashion that the way it needs to be. Yeah. A, a girlfriend said to me, she had five kids and she goes, oh, I have one of those. And she said, do you think the Apostle Paul is a pushover? <laughs> Don't you imagine he's really strong-willed? Yeah. I go, yeah. She's like, well, look through the Bible at the different personalities. Yeah. She said, you know, strong-willed people... They're hard to parent because it's like the horse. You want to break the horse without breaking the spirit. Right. It's a, like a fine line. Mm. But she goes, but these are your attorneys and these are the people that your judges and the people that yep. will stand up for you. So if you fashion her well, she's going to be and you help her to figure out how to use this and let God use it. Yeah. So good. That wasn't Betty King, was it? No, it was another friend. Yeah, so good though, right? Closer in age to me and had a strong will. And I was like, thank you for that mm-hmm. because... Mm-hmm. The first one is just, she's just a compliant, easy person to raise. I'm like, we're good parents. Yeah. And then number two came along and went, we got lucky the first time. Everybody give me that umbrella, Grace. <laughs> okay, that just, I'm just going to take that down now because that's a whole different ballgame. Yep. yep. Yeah. They're that's, just different. Yeah. But isn't it great that everyone's different? Yeah. It's so great. It's so good. So how about your son? He was the easiest one to raise. You know, he just came in the world going, nap time? No problem. <laughs> what are we doing? Sounds fun. Sounds good. He's an extrovert too. Love it. I mean, no one's without their things, but he he yep. just... He rolls with things. He rolls with things. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. fun to be around. Yeah. All my kids are fun to be around. Yeah. Actually. I don't know the girls, but I know your son. Yeah. Yeah. He's cute too. Thank you. <laughs> it's funny talking about him is kind of what started me for this year on this verse that God gave me. Yeah. So, tell I, me the verse for the year. Cause yeah. you've been doing it a long time. 25 years. Yeah. Every year at the beginning of the year, I get a verse and that's like my verse for the year. And it's so interesting that as the year plays out, how real 
Yep. Real deal. Talk yep. about the real deal. That's where you go. That was, I had no idea. Yeah. And when I look through my Bible where they're marked and I'll go like, oh, that was 2003. Mm. Oh, I know what happened that year. Yep. It's like a biblical biography. Yep. yep. Yeah. So this year I was struggling for some reason to figure out what my verse was and praying for one and praying for one. And I decided to write my son a New Year's letter. Like, this is what I'm praying for you. And this is what I see God doing in yep. you. So I was writing it. Well, both my husband and son are named David, but my son is David Eric. He goes by Eric, but I was focusing on the name David. Right. Because thinking about David in the Bible, that he yeah. was beloved, that yep. he was a man after God's own mm -hmm. heart. And I'm writing all this. And, and then I was looking up scripture. And in 2 Samuel 5, in two different places, 19 and 23, it says, So David inquired of the Lord. And I'm like, it just like, boom, hit me. I was like, okay, is that for him or is that for me? Right. You know? I was like, wow, we are to be inquiring of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So I wrote that in and I thought, I actually think that's for me. So I kind of tucked that over. That might be my verse. And then I came across another verse from the New Testament, which everyone knows. It's Luke 2.19 from the whole story of Jesus. It's, and Mary treasured up these things in her heart and pondered them. Mm. And I'm like, that's for me too. So I love the word treasured. I'm like she gave these yep, things yep, yep. that God's saying high value and worth. Mm -hmm. And then I looked up ponder because we don't use that word. Right. Like I'm pondering today. Right. Yeah. Right. So I looked it up and it says that it, it implies quiet, sober meditation and that it, it deals mm. with weighty or heavy things. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Because my tendency is not to be quiet yeah. and soberly. Mm -hmm. I like, oh, guess what I learned? Oh, right, guess right, what right. I, I'm, you know, I'm, right. I'm going to extrovert all over the room. Yeah. And that's not what Mary did. As a matter of fact, Joseph had to be told from an angel what the news was because she didn't tell him. Yeah. Good point. Like, yeah. wow, that's deep. You know, in our social media world, you'd be like, um, super proud, yeah. carrying the Christ child, yeah, you yeah. know. No, we're not supposed to do that with everything. When something is a treasure from God, you're to ponder it mm -hmm. and spend time. And, and I think that's why it's this quiet, when you said, oh, it's my yep. theme, it's like I'm listening and learning. Yes. So I took the idea of inquiring of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then when he tells you something, you're treasuring it and pondering it. Mm, that's good. It's being given to you. And if you actually take the time to treasure it, ponder it, hold it. I'm thinking in your life, the way God has wired you, you will give it out again. It just doesn't have to be like that second. It, it actually is going to grow in its investment. Almost like when you buy stocks or something and you wait for them to get to be yeah. like literally then there's going to be ways where you'll get it out, share it, be yourself extrovertedly. But yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. It's just everything's so instant in mm -hmm. our lives. And yeah. honestly, like from day to day, you're like, was that Tuesday? I right know. now. I mean, I think everybody doesn't know what day of the week right, it is. Right. Did that happen two months ago? Who right. knows? We're living in this world where things happen so rapidly. We can't even like get a hold of mm -hmm. them. It's like mm -hmm. jello through your fingers. Yep. And I'm like, that's because I just have to sit and ponder and just take intentional time, which is very different for me. Yeah. You know, I feel like that was a gift to me to have some time where after my dad passed away, my mom came here because with all of the things that were happening with the virus and stuff, we didn't have her go to an assisted living place, which was her preference because she couldn't see anybody. We're like, we're, we can't do that. We can't have her yeah. go where she couldn't see her family. So she came here for six weeks and then we were there for two weeks and then God orchestrated. I mean, I wrote it down. It was crazy the way he orchestrated for her to go there. My point is it was like this pause, pause. 
for six weeks of my life, different than just COVID lockdown, any of that. Mm -hmm. It was just like, I cleared my calendar. I didn't go do things. I barely ran to the Aldi to get some groceries. You know, it Mm -hmm. was just, and there were so many treasures in it Mm. that what does anybody see? Doesn't matter. Obscurity, putting on her slippers felt so holy to me. Do do you know what I mean? Like she needs help with this and God, you know, whatever. If you give a cup of cold water, you did it to Jesus. If you see somebody in prison, you did it for Jesus. You know, like that, that's scriptural. And so it became really, really weighty in a beautiful way, but it was, it was a different season for me. And sometimes those of us who go out, those inside things Mm -hmm. are, um, turning into like pearl. It's in the inside getting done when you don't always see it on the outside, what's happening. So I'm excited for you. Thank you. Some big things are probably going to manifest out of it. You never know. And isn't it cool that a pearl starts as a little little irritation, a a little irritation. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah. I I love that analogy. It's just, so let me ask you one other thing about Bible study or women or the word. How did you get to be um, as hungry as you are? And how do you, how does that all work in your walk? Hmm. That's a good question. This year, I have to say that with so many things I'm learning about the world around us, just really the depravity that I'm really sorry that I'm learning, there isn't anything you can walk through or anything that can happen that isn't written in Scripture. Not a thing. I guarantee it. And you just have to find it. Yeah. You just have to find it. Yeah. You know, Joseph was human trafficked by his own brothers. Yep. We'd never made that connection. Right. That is what that is. Yeah. His brothers kept a secret for how many years mm-hmm. that they didn't even recognize mm-hmm. him. I'm like, mm-hmm. look, it's right here yeah. in the Bible. Right. Everything that you're learning about, anything you walk through, anything God asks you to do, there is a, a picture of yep. it yep. in Scripture. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. Amen. Go find it. Amen. And so the more I go find it, the more I want more of it. Right, right. It just, it, it's not anything you do. It's what the Holy right. Spirit does. He just right. goes, if you thought that smorgasbord was good, mm. wait till you see the next one I got exactly. for you. Yeah. I love that because I just believe that there's always more. Sometimes I don't eat something, but then when I start to eat, I'm like, I didn't know how hungry I was. And I will right. eat my food. Then I'll go to the pantry and then I'll go back to the refrigerator. And then I, and I'm like, I was starving. When we eat, God says the hungry will be satisfied. And yeah. so it's amazing how that you just continue to feed on him or find things about him or it'll be everywhere. It can be in the word. It can be a conversation. It can be a song. It, it's just like if he wants to teach you something, it's going to be everywhere. And Amen. it's exciting. It's really exciting. It is. Yeah. I love that you're a woman of the word. I love that you're a woman of the word. It's it's part of you. It's not ex- external to you. It's in you and how you operate. It's how you operate. So I want to go to the term going flat. Okay. Tell me about it. Because when we did this conference together, I remember leading the group and saying, let's pray for every area that that night will hold, whether you're the person that does food or promotion or whatever. And and my part is going to be speaking, but I just remember wanting to pray about it instead of leaving and hoping everybody would pray. And then you said something to me like, don't worry, I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to go, I'm going flat or something. Uh So tell me how that is. Someone had used that expression with me and I'm like, I love that. Yeah. And one of the girls on that committee that you were with, my friend Stacy had a brain tumor and I was so devastated for her. I didn't know what else to do. Like my prayers literally laid me on my face. Amen. I literally got on the floor of my bedroom, laid flat and just cried out to the Lord that she'd be healed. And she was, Praise God. she had another one, but she's doing well. Yep. But it was so overwhelming. I thought that's really how we're supposed to pray. Mm-hmm. We're really supposed mm-hmm. to just get completely mm-hmm. flat. Mm-hmm. 
So I started using that expression. I'm mm-hmm. going flat for you. Amen. And all these friends of mine know what that means. Yep. And now they'll say to me, going flat for you. Yep. But that means we're literally completely emptying ourselves, laying it out there. I don't care how gross, you know, yep. Yep. The, the ugly know. cry, whatever it is. For, I know. And letting the Lord just hear you. Mm, hear the, the inner soul. And I think, it, so that's why I said that to you. I'm, I meant it for the conference. I've meant it for you. And, yep. I, and I do it. Yep. I really do. And I know you do. And I've even texted you or emailed you or something. If there was something in my life where I was feeling like uh, the Aaron and the hers that need to hold up your arms in battle, because, yes. you know, you can battle and, and take authority and be victorious. But sometimes you're like, okay, I put my hands down. So you call on those that will raise your hands and help you. And I do remember once saying something like, please go flat about this or whatever. So I'm glad that you did that. And it's, it's a posture of worship. Mm-hmm. We don't often do all the postures. And sometimes if we see somewhere where somebody's kneeling, somebody's lying flat, somebody's got their hands up, somebody's mm-hmm. twirling, somebody's, you know, moving their hands around weird. You know, we don't, we can become too narrow, I think, when they're all in scripture. Like you said, go find it. You'll find it. Mm-hmm. You'll find it. You'll find it commanded. Clap your hands. You know what I mean? Yes. Shout to the Lord, right? All these things. Whenever even I the rocks shout cry in, out. Even the rocks cry When I shout in church, I have people that are turned around before, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm okay. This is totally fine. This is exactly what I need to do. And it was coming out. Yeah. So it wasn't like I wanted to apologize after because it was like it's supposed to happen. You know, but anyway, I have had ugly cry going flat before like where the like carpet yeah. fibers are up my nostrils and there's mm-hmm. snot coming out and there's mascara yep. and i think oh gosh now i gotta go get the spot shot or whatever <laughs> but to know that yeah. others yeah go there for you is a big deal so on behalf of me when it's been me but all the other people that you've ever warred for and gone flat for and god heard it so thank you thank oh. you intercessors are important yeah they really are and we don't always think that somebody really is praying for us but when we're carried or we have a strength that's not our own, or we're able to do something that's beyond our natural talents or abilities. Sure enough, there's somebody that was praying and God hears. And Amen. Doesn't, you know. I said one time to my kids, wouldn't it, my son has this praying grandma. This is the greatest story. So when yeah. we, he was in first grade, our church did a thing where the seniors could like adopt one of the little elementary kids for the yeah. year Aww. and they would pray for them. And then they would also have like a little ice cream social or something. Yeah. Like them. So Mary Kay, this older woman, took my son on who's goes by Eric and she had one son named Eric and she just said, all right. And they give each other a little biography and she started praying for him. And then the next year we were still getting birthday cards, Easter cards, you know, writing him notes, still praying for you. And it kept going. Second grade, we moved here. She's still praying. She's still sending us Mm. things. Then she says to me, I'll pray him through high school. God bless you, Mary Kay. Then it's, I'll pray him through college. I think oh. she's going to pray him till she's with Jesus. Yes. He, love it. Just, and we've developed this relationship and now I'm sending her cards and calling her in Michigan. And But she, I, I said to Eric, you have no idea yep. how many prayers Mary yep. Kay lifted up on your behalf. I swear it's why you're still alive. Yep. And if wouldn't it be amazing <laughs> if we could look up uh-huh. and actually see what that looks yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. I always want to go, Lord, would you just peel the curtain yep. so we could yep. see what it looks like? All these prayers yep. that have been lifted up on our behalf. Yep. They're like incense rising. It's incense. It's got to be an amazing sight if yeah. we could see that. So cool. And really, um, that she would do that. You know, it says in scripture, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And we always assume that's money. But your treasure of time, time is a commodity that's worth so much money. Yes. And there, her treasure was praying for Eric, praying for Eric. And she 
that made a connection yes. that couldn't be made another way necessarily. This boy that she only communicates mm. through letters or emails with doesn't even really know him yeah. as a young man, but she continues to lift him up and it just moves my heart yeah. so deeply. It's so good. Oh, amazing. It's, it's needed. It's so needed. It's so good. Okay. I could talk to you forever because this is just easy and you're just... <laughs> It's just easy to talk to, but is there anything else that you want to share that has to do with who God made you be or any thought that you've had going through your head recently that you would just say, this is who God is. And I want to share that with somebody out there. I don't know. I don't have something in mind. I'm just asking if there is something who he's been to you, or I guess I'm going to say in the beginning, it says things like, Real life, real stories, and a real God. Is there a circumstance or a situation where he became so real? You had either an encounter or or a situation or his nearness or whatever where somebody out there may be like, okay, she's testifying about it. My word would be faithful. Mm. And I I think if I go back to probably the most profound was being a little girl and praying for my dad when he was sick. He had leukemia. He died at 44. Mm. And I was already a believer. It was like the big prayer of my life. You know, when when you're 11 and you're losing your dad, like that was the first big thing and it didn't happen. Right. God took him. And so it was my first reality of sovereignty, learning sovereignty at a very young age that God gets to do what pleases him. And this doesn't please me at all, but it pleases him. And he had a purpose and a plan. I'm not going to know that plan. I I don't know why he decided to take 44 year old man. But he does. But if I look through my life, there is no place where he was not faithful. He did not provide every single step of my life. Everywhere I go, he provides. He goes a step ahead of me. He's in front of me. He's behind me. He hems me in, holds me up. And I'm like, I guess the word is he's always faithful. Faithful. And I can always take that to the bank. Always. So good. Every day you wake up, he'll be that. Yeah. Because he doesn't change and he can't lie. So every day. Every day. You can count on it. And doesn't matter what's going on around you or even in you. He will be. So I got to learn that young. Yeah, so good. It's carried you. Mm -hmm. It will always carry you. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Oh, thank you for sharing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad. So would you feel comfortable just praying over whoever's listening and whatever comes out of you is fine? And then can I pray for you? Absolutely. Okay, and I'll pray for everybody too. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for my friendship with Rachel. She has been one of the people who has poured into me and loved me. And we just have this incredible connection and I just love her dearly. And I thank you for her. God, for anyone listening whether it's today or tomorrow or anytime, whoever's mm-hmm. listening, you know what's on their heart. And I just sense that somebody needs to know that you're faithful. Somebody needs to be reminded that your eye is on the sparrow. Yeah. You count the hairs on our head. That's the most intimate God we could have. I lose like a yeah. hundred hairs a day. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how many there are there, but you do. And the fact that you know that tells me that you are so interested and invested in us in every cell of our body, every circumstance we walk through. So thank you. And for whoever needs to hear that, Lord, would you just give this woman yeah. a, an encouragement, a, a, just give her a sign that you are faithful. You're faithful to all generations. Yeah. It's not just the generation we're in. It's the one to come. And for women who are raising little kids in this world and thinking this is the worst time ever, it's not. Because you ordered it. You are faithful to this generation. And you have a plan for those little ones. They are your hand-chosen precious ones Mm. who have a purpose. And you are seeding something in them now. So let these young moms see that seeding. 
let this woman who needs to be reminded that you've already you've already ordered the steps of a righteous man. You've yeah. already ordered it, and it's pleasing to you, and that you can be counted on every step of the way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for this time together today. Can I touch you? Of course. I just pray for Laura, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. I just pray strength over her. I just pray courage. I don't know why, but that's going to be a situation possibly where she needs new courage. I thank you for who she is and what you've done in her life, God. I pray that you'd bless her relationships. I pray that you bless her connections. I pray you bless her influence, Father. I thank you that you are the shield around her and the lifter of her head. I pray, God, for her marriage with David. I pray, Lord, that you'd be with him. And thank you for her girls and her son. And I just bless her family, Lord. I thank you for the grandchildren and great-grandchildren that you bless to the thousandth generation, those who love and serve you. I pray, God, that you would give her new um, times to ponder and listen and the new times to ex- mm-hmm. um, exclaim and proclaim and promote. And I thank you, God, that those are in tandem and that you're the one who's doing it. I bless her, God, from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet, Father. I bless her body. I bless her rest. Lord, I bless her laughter and joy for the joy of the Lord is her strength. I'm asking God that there would be funny things that happen. There would be (laughs) joyful things that happen. There would be giggles that happen. There would be sweet little things between you and Laura that are intimate, that make her know that she knows that she knows that you see her and you delight in her and that she would giggle. She would just giggle about it. Thank you for her exuberance, Lord. She's an exuberant person who radiates your your image, God, in the fact that she welcomes people. She has the welcome of God all over her, Lord. I thank you for that. I pray that you would use it in the Starbucks. You'd use it in the grocery store. You'd use it in her family situations. You'd use it, Lord, when she's coming and going. So bless her, God, I ask in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for each listener, and I pray in the name of Jesus that you'd watch over them, that you'd protect them, that they would know you're their defender, Mm. and that you are really making a way. I just feel like there's somebody that's going to be listening that doesn't know what to do, and I just pray that you will know that he will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. He's going to counsel and watch over you. And one version says, with his loving eye upon you. So just know that today, that God is making your steps clear, because he will instruct you and teach you. And the next part of the verse says, don't be like a horse or a mule that needs to be guided by a bitter bridle. So don't be stubborn with God. Just yield to his plans. And I bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This thank was fun. You. It was very good. You might come again sometime. Yes. When I'd we love have to. more, to, more um, to talk about. When do we never have anything to talk about? <laughs> I was just going to say, should we record number two right now? <laughs> they won't know. No. Okay. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me. Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace. 